question we talk about a lot is, you know, how safe is safe supply? And if you talk to those advocating for it, they'll tell you that the evidence is clear and settled that safe supply works. End of discussion. Uh, but it should not be the end of the discussion. Because the discussion, I think, is only now just starting, thanks in large part to the great work of the National Post, which laid out all of the many questions that have to be answered about safe supply. And now we're starting to see people break their silence and speak out about evidence that safe supply isn't all that safe. And that includes my next guest, who's a clinical psychologist with decades of experience in addiction and who's broken his silence in a terrific op-ed for the National Post, which is titled, Our Study Found Safe Supply Isn't Safe. We were smeared for our work. And he speaks out on the silencing about maybe unpopular answers. He is Dr. Julian Summers. He's a clinical psychologist and distinguished professor at Simon Fraser University. Thanks so much, uh, Professor, for joining us. A doctor, oh, thank a doctor, you, Rob. I should say. It's great to be with you. I, um, I, I really took um, heart in your piece because I'm so glad to have this conversation because we haven't been allowed to have it. And, and I think that's the most disturbing thing is that the politicians and, and advocates for safe supply just tell us it's safe, it's working, and then we're just supposed to say, okay, it's working. Why did you speak out? Um, well, the short, the short answer is that we have um, a, a legacy in Canada of um, ignoring calls that really go to some of the fundamental causes of people's despair and their distress and that have direct relationships with their opportunities to overcome addictions, um, regardless of whether they continue to use drugs. I mean, to overcome the state of having no control over their drug use and and putting themselves in in obviously obvious peril as a result and and we i and i, I believe many people in the field that have that have uh, lived through those eras of deinstitutionalization of the kirby commission of truth and reconciliation there there are there are now a a, a trove of calls for urgent action that are affecting whether people live or die and we've continued to blast through them like uh, paper guardrails. Um, and here we are now being urged that the best we can do as Canadians is provide people who are living homeless with untreated mental illnesses with a publicly uh, a supported form of dispensing addictive drugs to them. And, and that mm -hmm. is a lie. It is simply not the case that that is the best we can do. What we found in our review is that because no country has, has thought that this would be a good idea, there is essentially no evidence demonstrating the, uh, um, a, that, that positive outcomes um, can be produced by providing uh, drugs to people outside of a therapeutic context, which is what this public supply of addictive drugs is, is, is really um, um, defined by. Yeah, it's so, um, it's, we, it's a bit have, of an oxymoron because you've got no safe supply, but it's out. poisonous drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, doctor, let me let me ask you this because you were you were and just so listeners understand the context of how you came to to write your piece or in the piece, you were part of this first wave of researchers of the harm reduction industry, and you were asked by the Alberta government to review review safe supply and its effectiveness, and there have been previous reviews reported out there. 
a researcher asked by the Alberta government to review Safe Supply. You did so yeah. with a group of researchers. In 2020, other reviewers had said that they didn't find evidence uh, that there was safety or effectiveness in Safe Supply, and your research found the same, and yet the BC Centre of Substance uh, Use issued a letter to the media claiming that the work that you did was flawed and should be disregarded. What was your thought or your your reaction to that? Well, I was I was very surprised. Um, the the you know the process of doing a literature review, you describe your um, the the approach you're taking, the key terms, the databases that you're going to search, and uh, I, I I honestly at the time thought that our review was going to broaden the opportunity for discussion, and mm. the fact that it was responded to with a very uh, aggressive and and really kind of angry feeling. Um, uh, effort to have it shut down, um, to me, was both surprising but also worrisome because it suggested that um, that people promoting a safer supply or you know, public supply of addictive drugs um, really don't want to have uh, a certain type of discussion. And uh, that, that's, that's simply not a healthy indication in any context but let alone when, when the, you know, lives are obviously at stake and we need to make some very serious decisions about addiction and mental illness in our country. Yeah, well, I think we're long, long overdue for that. I mean, the evidence is, is bearing out in cities across this country, and we just seem to think that the only solution is to fuel it. But I do think more and more people are looking around. You, you go through downtown Toronto and you think, is this compassion? You know, there was this movie, Canada's Dying, that got pulled off the internet because it was called misinformation, but it, it wasn't. It raised very, you know, I think important questions about, you know, what are we doing here? Are we just, is, are we, is this what life is, where we keep people addicted uh, for one more day, hoping that maybe each day they'll stay alive? Um, and I think a lot of people are looking and saying, well, this can't be the fix. There has to be some transition to, to treating these people. But when you suggest treatment, people get very angry about it and that, that you're not compassionate, that it can't be done. Yeah, that, I mean, it's part of the um, it's part of the the area of of, of addiction and 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 in some cases mental illness uh, more generally. That um, uh, you know, there's a, a a history of people being treated badly. Uh, there's a, there's and there's a there's a, an immense history of neglect now in in, in living mm. memory, and so people who have been uh, struggling, I think are 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 understandably uh, skeptical. They're 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 understandably angry, and um, and the, the only way to overcome that is to is to listen and to actually. Um, uh, provide people with substantially more than what mm. they've been getting, and and uh, but but up until that point, I think people are are quite sensibly uh, 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 skeptical. But we you know we also need to keep in mind that that many of the people that are advocating for uh, uh, so-called safe supply um, are uh, also people who support providing uh, other. Uh, unmet needs, addressing other unmet needs, addressing homelessness in a meaningful way, addressing people's need for support to re-enter the workforce, uh, and and so you know we we have to be mindful. I think that um, the on the other side of this, if there is a, a better future, 
where the same people that are currently in, in, in debates and, and occasionally angry with one another, we've all got to imagine getting to that place together. And, yeah. and, uh, and that in many, many instances, what we want is, is closely aligned. Um, we're, we're currently you know, you know, involved in a vigorous debate. As long as that can stay healthy, as long as we can tolerate each other's views, um, that's, that's going to be the fastest path to, to finding what, what's, what's a better future for us. We know we can do better. Many people just know yeah. that. So um, if we can get past some of the, some of the acrimony and defensiveness, um, I, you know, we, we, well, we need to do that in order to give ourselves a chance at, at finding out what, what a better future for, for Canada can look like. Yeah, and I know the Alberta model is still very young, but it's being built, and uh, they don't have the data yet. But I think it's an interesting model that that certainly should uh, be looked at. But having said that, uh, Doctor, um, you know, here we are in this place, and people are looking for kind of a, a, maybe a new plan. And I know that it's hard for for many doctors, um, with your point of view, to speak out. That, and in fact, they haven't. Uh, Adam Zivo has talked about it that there's a real backlash to those who speak out. Will more of your colleagues be speaking out? So that we can actually have this conversation, they 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 are, and there are uh, uh, a number of of people working on that. Adam Zivo, who um, also you know broke some important ground in in this very area, um, yeah. is fortunately remaining very active, um, and uh, his his work is uh, um, I think inspiring other journalists. Um, to uh, uh, to step forward, there's no question. Um, his re- his reporting now includes uh, clinicians across the country um, mm. speaking out, and 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 th- those are important signs of change. That w- that was not yeah. the case one year ago. Um, there there was you know a, a, a recent bill introduced by the conservatives to reverse the government's direction, and of course it 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 it, it failed. But the point is that that there's now uh, at least uh, uh, the occurrence of debate and a raising of alternatives um, in, in legislatures across the country. So um, we're, we're definitely moving forward. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that maintaining uh, civility and, 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 and respect is going to be, uh, you know, in, integral to, to our to our progress and we've, we've we're coming through a, a, it's a big shift it's a big big yeah. shift that's that's part of the reason why it's why the birthing pains I think are so difficult <laughs> is is because there there have been a lot you know it's been it's been status quo now for decades just yeah. more and more of the same band-aid after band-aid and uh, it's finally got to a point where we need a, a you know a much more aggressive intervention and it, it doesn't happen easily but um, but it's necessary and that's that's the key thing. And and people need to people need to be heartened, I think, by the by the knowledge that we can do a lot better. Um, yeah. and, and making changes is not going to be easy. But um, if we can do it you know, respectfully and recognize that, like I said earlier, people who are currently involved in 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 work helping others are going to be needed involved in work helping others in the future. We're not talking about replacing uh, individuals, but but we need to do things differently. That's the key thing. 100%, 100%. Uh, very much appreciate your time and certainly for speaking. And I'm so glad you did speak out because I am glad to have this conversation. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Me too. I'm delighted to extend the conversation with you and with your listeners, Alex. Thanks a lot. 
Perfect. I'll bug you again. Thank you. That's Dr. Julian Summers, a clinical psychologist, also a, a professor over at Simon Fraser University. He's got a terrific piece in the National Post, and it outlines you know, his research, his experience, and what he found out about safe supply. And, you know, they get smeared for it. So it's a really good piece. But yeah, it's time to talk about this and come up with the solutions, actual solutions.